You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And you're thinking to yourself, I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to hotmovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code HOLLY for 20 minutes free. I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. And there you can donate to support these incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind the scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. Today on the show, I have the one and only classic porn star, Christy Canyon. She is also a radio host. She has a very successful show on Vivid Radio, Sirius XM. So this woman definitely has the gift of gab as well as many other gifts. And I'm so excited to have her here. We're going to talk about the golden age of porn. We're going to talk about what it was like to work with my mom, Suze Randall, back in the day. We're going to get all the gossip on the biggest and brightest contract stars that she used to work with, Ginger Lynn, Tracy Lords. What were they like? We're going to, it's going to be a real blast from the past and I'm very excited to have her here. So please welcome the incredible Christy Canyon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have a legend in the studio here Where? today. Where would she go? Me. Oh. Well, she she left, so I had to substitute Christy Canyon instead. Thanks for showing up in I place. I will always be your sloppy second, Holly. <laughs> always. I'll be the third. 
Chrissy, thank you so much for coming down. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm honored that you finally asked me. I, I was thinking, why is everyone on Holly Randall's show except for me? She doesn't <gasps> love me. Oh, my God. No, I do. I just know you're a very busy lady. But I've had a lot of people request you, and so many people were excited about you coming on today. Oh, well, I'm here. Went through the marching band on Wilshire. Okay, you saw them too. Yes, yes, it was beautiful. It was. Was it like a I, – I couldn't tell what it was. It looked like a bunch of students. I don't know. I don't care. It just looked cute from afar. And then I'm like, fuck, I got to go pee so bad. Ooh, are we allowed to use the – Yes. Word? Okay. You, you can totally swear. Good. Only because I'm used to it on my Series XM show yeah. you can swear. But then it's all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, can we say bad words? I know. I've gone – potty on, mouth. I've gone on a couple of shows where you're not allowed to. I went on – one guy's morning radio show. I can't remember who it was. And I made it like 75% of the way through the podcast without swearing. And then one slipped out. And they got so angry at me. And I was like, I feel like I should be commended for making it this long without <laughs> swearing. Are you serious? Like, come on. You're mad at me? Like, one was going to come out eventually. Come on. Come on, people. <sighs> You just get so used to it. But I have heard such great things about your podcast from the girls that I have on my show. Oh, thank you. They always say, oh, my God, we love her show. She's so great. I'm like, great. Now eat my pussy. (laughs) Great. Different shows. Horses X-rated. Totally different shows. So for those of you who don't know, and how could you not know, Christy Canyon has a show on Sirius XM. What channel is it again? Uh, Channel 415 Vivid Radio. Fantastic. You've had that show forever. I have I've been at Vivid for like five and a half years and okay. before that I was on with Ginger Lynn and then Nikki Hunter and then Ginger Lynn again on Playboy Radio I think for about twelve years. So you you are no stranger to the radio syndicate. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I'm still – sometimes I go in there I'm like, fuck, what do I talk about? Oh, okay, I'll talk about my sex last night or what – you know, when yeah. a girl – believe it or not, if a girl flakes, that happens sometimes. I Yeah, that's <laughs> got to be infuriating. It is, but luckily I always have so many great stories that I could talk about. And it yeah. doesn't happen much, but every so often. I have to say, like, I'm so – in awe of how you're able to just switch. Cause I've been on your show a couple of times and the way that you can just switch from talking about the most mundane things to launching into this incredibly explicit sex story and just the words just, it just flows out of your mouth, like <laughs> no problem. And so detail oriented. And I'm just like, how does she do it? It's incredible. Oh, thanks. It's just, and you know what? I've been on radio for like 14 years, so you just – you kind of get it. You know, mm-hmm. like you, your mouth has to be – we don't have cameras like you do and mm-hmm. we take a Twitter photo. But you have to describe everything in great deal because your mouth is their eyes or yes. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mouth – yes, that makes sense. Your mouth is their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense up here and that's all I care about. And the way that you can kind of like squeeze in, you know, your little uh, pitch for the actual station that people are on and the way that you get it before the commercial breaks and just like your timing is impeccable. It's oh, really – You have to be or I sound like a, you know, high school garage radio show. <laughs> if you get cut off at the breaks and you're yeah. like – Miss that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get into start doing radio? Like, how did that whole thing begin? God, it was um, was it like two thousand and four? I think I I filled in on Playboy Radio for remember Julie Ashton. 
Yes. Love her. And she uh, was gone a lot. She was getting engaged. And so I filled in for her a lot. I originally went on Playboy Radio when my book came out mm. for promotion. Mm-hmm. And then the station manager was like, oh, my God, you're so great. Da, da, da. Would you fill in when a girl can't make it? It was Tiffany Granith and Julie Ashton. So I said, yeah, absolutely. And then a couple months later, six months later, Julie Ashton was getting married, moving to a different state, and they said, oh, would you be interested in the job? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it just happened naturally. It was Mm. just – like I always look at my career like that game Leapfrog. Mm -hmm. Remember where they jump from one lily pad to the next? Like, you know, it was adult films and then the dancing and then I wrote my book and then radio and not sure what the next leap pad is. But, you know, like it just – it just kind of flows. Right, right. Because right. I have no other talents except talking about <laughs> sex. I am like a one trick pony. But you do that trick so well. I do, I do. And do you, um, I mean, you say that you come in and if a girl flakes, you have great stories to talk about. Are these stories like from your everyday life still? Like, do you still have this amazing sex life or are these stories from back in the day? Both. You know, but no, I do still have a very active and healthy sex life. And that's something that it's just, I think I've lasted this long in the business because you have to love sex. You mm-hmm. have to love trying different things. And, and as I've gotten older, I love trying different things and new things. Like when I was 18, I was such a babe in the wood. I was mm-hmm. so wet behind the ears, you know, like mm-hmm. when I started in films, I'd never been with a girl. I'd never been with a black guy. I'd never been with two guys or what, you know orgy or whatever, like, you know, like I never had done so much. So it was just all this great learning experience. What was one of your like favorite new experiences that really stuck out in your mind that you were like, I'm not sure about this. Then you tried it and you're like, this is awesome. Well, I had always wanted to be with a girl. Mm-hmm. You're like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I was like, yeah, I can't wait, you know, and I'm yeah. getting my $400 or whatever. <laughs> Which was a lot back in the day. <laughs> it was more than working at, you know, as a hostess somewhere. Um, it was working with a girl who happened to be the beautiful Ginger Lynn. And I was so excited because when I was like 17 and I was in 12th grade, I was like, God, I'm kind of curious about girls, but you know, I'm not going to go up to a schoolmate. And I was shy, believe it or not, back then, mm-hmm. insecure and all that stuff. And then when I got into the adult business shortly after graduation, um, you know, cut to my second scene was going to be with Ginger Lynn and Jamie Gillis. Mm-hmm. And I, couldn't believe how lucky I was. Like I wanted to try this for a year being with a girl and I was finally going to get my chance and it's this cute little blonde girl named Ginger. And so it was just, you know, it happened naturally and being with two guys sticks out in my head, Billy D and Steve somebody or other. Oh, I can't remember everyone's name. It's funny. Whenever my pa- my parents post like an old boy-girl set and they can't remember the guy's name, they just call him Stud. <laughs> Stud one, Hottie, stud two, sexy, right? They just have these wonderful, give you know, names. But so everything I tried on film, I loved. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't want to do it, I never did it. Was mm-hmm. never into anal to this day. Um, did a like four inch dildo in a scene with a girl, mm. you know, like in out, in out. Okay, that was fun. But like, I never did anything that I didn't want to do, and mm-hmm. no one ever asked me to. They're like, oh, she won't do anal. Yeah. She's got the tits. Put the dick between her tits. Or <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. Yes, yeah, she's got those natural hooters that. 
Christy, Christina, whatever. And, you know, like, so no, I never did anything I didn't want to do, which is why I just love this business because I never was compromised. Yeah. Do you feel like you had, you were really lucky in the beginning that you were able to only do things that you were comfortable with? Or do you think it was just because it was a different time? Because, you know, girls get in the industry like these days and they have these horrible experiences and they get pushed into doing a scene they're not comfortable with. And then they like... You know, they come in and they come out and they they're like scarred. Do you think it was just a different time for you, or oh, do you think that completely different time? I mean, it was such a different time in the business back in 1984. I mean, life was different. You had like four girls that were making films. They're like, don't piss those girls off. <laughs> <laughs> we got to like crank these out every day. You know, like it's not, it wasn't like a. a assembly or like a factory where, okay, this one's gone great. We got those 10 that want to come in. I mean, there was like Tracy Lords, Ginger, Amber, myself, and then Nina Hartley kind of came in the San Francisco route. But there were so few of us that you couldn't really peeve a – I could say pissed – that you couldn't really piss us off because I'm not even sure what those real words are, peeved us off. But the thing is um, there were so few of us, and if a girl did anal – Great, like Ginger. She was like the fucking amazing one. She did the DPs and da da da. But it didn't matter. They were just glad, I think, in that beginning of the video age to get people to have sex on film. Yeah, because back then there was a lot of models that would do boy girl shoots because there wasn't penetration in the photos. Because when you would do shoots, it would just be for the magazines, right? right? And there would not be penetration back then because different laws in different states and Canada was particularly um, strict. So yeah, you would have models that would do stills, but they would never do video. And they would like, they, they would be like, I'm an adult model, not a porn star. Like there was a, Down on yeah, there was a difference back then. And that absolutely does not exist now. You are like, you do still, you only do stills to accompany the video. You don't ever just do stills anymore. So crazy. Yeah. that No, just such a different, different time. But the world was different. It wasn't like the world's still the same, but pornos changed. Yeah. Everything's so different these days. Absolutely. Everything's fast-paced and it's just totally different. I'm just glad that I did mine when I did. Yeah. Never did I have a problem. Do you... If would you if you had any advice for like new girls coming into the industry, what would that be seeing how everything's changed? Just I think just don't ever do anything you don't want to do. And if you don't feel comfortable, leave. There's no one there holding a gun to your face and you have to stay. You know, just go. Just get out. There are some girls that I interview on my radio show, Vivid Radio Series XM, that that I look at them and I'm thinking, why are you in this? Mm -hmm. Why are you here? This is not – you have to be a lot tougher, I think, from what I can tell, a lot tougher in the business now. Yeah, well, especially because, I mean, everything's on the internet now and there's no hiding it. Like back in your day, you could kind of do some magazines and, you know, they were like these tangible things that could kind of be buried or maybe be lost, right? I mean, were there girls that came in who were like, I'm just going to do a little bit about of this and my family's probably not going to find out and then I'm going to go? Um, did you did you see a lot of that? We all thought that. I'm mm. like, who's gonna notice? I'll do a few magazines, pay off my bills, da da da. Thirty five years later, but um, <laughs> no, instantly everyone found out. Hmm. Everybody, because mm. and it was like wildfire with people that I went to school with. Like, oh wow, did you see what she got into? And da da da, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. It was like everyone found out instantly. It seems like you could find out easier back then because there was so much, uh, such a lesser amount of stuff. Right now, if a girl does a scene, it goes on the internet. 
There's thousands and thousands of scenes going up. Back then, there was like jugs and high society and penthouse. And, you know, there were so, mm-hmm. it was such a lesser amount of porn available. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know, yes. that, that like, it wasn't like you had to sift through thousands of scenes to find that girl you went to high school with. Right, right. Do you feel that, I mean, obviously, porn's changed a lot since you started. What do you think? How do you feel about the way porn has changed? Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? Do you think it's a mixed bag? Mixed bag. For me, I'm glad I'm not in in it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it works for them, great. Who am I to make any judgments? It, it, after being in that wonderful golden era where we're all coddled and spoon-fed and then came these big wonderful contracts with Vivid, like I think I was in it in the best era, but I, I'm not in it now, so I can't say. Yeah, a lot of people say like nowadays there's no like big contract name porn stars anymore. No. Like that's dead. You know, the market's just flooded. It kind of went out with like Tara Patrick and Jenna Jameson, I think. Yeah. That was, those were like, I think, and that's just my opinion, the last of the big names. Yeah. How was it different for you back then being like a big name? Like how were you treated? How was it different than today? Um, I don't know because I never – like once I was done with work – I put the Christy character aside, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I remember going out with Amber Lynn a couple times when mm-hmm. we were friends. And um, she'd go up to the front of a line and say like, don't you know who I am? I want to come in. And they'd be like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than saying don't you know who I am and people being like, absolutely not. <laughs> I have no clue who you are. Like I never got into that. I never became the character. So it was easier for you to separate totally. your character Completely. from who you are. Completely. I never bought into the bullshit of I'm so great, I make porn. No, I am great and I did make porn and it was fucking phenomenal and fabulous. Mm-hmm. But I left that at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went to college and I, you know, was a different character. There like then I'd leave college on Wednesday, take the red eye out to go dance for three days and became the – I love – I have to have the balance in my life. I can't constantly be the character. Right. Whereas today, you know, girls have to hustle so much to make a living. So they, you know, go to set and then they get on their Snapchat and then they do like a masturbation show at home on their Snapchat and then they got to create content for their OnlyFans and they're right. just like constantly, constantly – shooting and producing content. And in one way, it's it's great, you know, because obviously they have more agency over their career and they can, you know, create their own content and make their own money without the middleman. But they, it doesn't seem like they really get to take a break from... You know what? It's so true. It, like, we would go to a club for six days or three days or whatever the booking was. And then that was it. You didn't go back to the hotel and tweet, hey, I was just on, you know, see my show tomorrow. There was you had the fucking hotel phone and mm-hmm. you couldn't tweet off that. <laughs> you know, like it was just a different. I loved the pre-social social media. Like if you wanted to meet your girls from the eighties or nineties, you had to get in your car, you had to go drive to a bookstore, you had to go drive to the strip club. Like you had to work to meet us. Mm-hmm. I loved that part of it. We were more mysterious. We were mm-hmm. a little more unattainable. Mm, yeah. You know, and I loved that part of it. Do you feel like the fans were more respectful back then? Absolutely, because unfortunately with social media, you get the trolls, you get – which I just block. I have no patience for any of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy's like, you're old. And I was like, yeah, I'm not 18 anymore. Think, you know, I'd rather be this age than the alternative, you know. Mm-hmm. But like that 
and I don't get it much, but when I do, I just block. I don't engage in all that bullshit. Well, first of all, you look amazing. I'm not just <laughs> saying know. that. Like, you really do. I'm actually sitting here thinking, like, how the fuck does she look so good? I got to, like, get her secret after this. Because you look amazing. And people say that all the time, actually, about you. Um, <clears throat> but also, I mean, what do you think about this whole, like, MILF revolution that's happened? I love it. I think it's great for the girls that are like the Lisa Anns and Nina Hartleys and Julia Ann and If I Ever Came Back. And I love it that they're – I mean the doors have definitely kicked down to all these different, great, different groups that you could get into. You know, you could Google what you want, uh, interracial, MILF, cougar, whatever. I think it's great because everyone has a chance. Now, I remember back at Playboy Radio, I think Magdalene St. Michaels I interviewed. Mm-hmm. And she was like – the first MILF that I interviewed like 12 years ago. And I was mm-hmm. like, MILF? Is that, you know? And phones lit up like they, the fans love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the internet kind of opened up this space that people could go and seek out what they really, really wanted as opposed to before, you know, when we were just getting magazines, the media was telling you what you wanted or what they thought you wanted. Right. And the internet allowed you to search out what you actually really wanted and then all these different genres, these niches came out of the woodwork and you're like, wow, people actually like older women. People actually like, you know, this. They people actually like balloon popping fetish cake farts. Like you know what I mean? It just opened this whole like kind of door to, you know, the psyche of human sexuality. And it's like, wow, people are into a lot of different stuff. And now they can access all of that. And now there's like these new um, niches that people can 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 make money off of because there's people that are into that. It's so true. And I always say as long as it's legal and everyone wants to do it, who cares what right. your fetish is? Right. You know, it's, it's just that part I love. There's definitely pluses and minuses to the internet. What do you think are the, some of the minuses? It killed the porn business. <laughs> that didn't, it really did. I mean, it, when the, the new millennium, you know, a couple years into the new millennium, I mean, I was on Playboy Radio and I saw just how girls were getting a little, not desperate, but a little more like scared. Like, where am I going to make my money? I don't make a thousand it, or whatever the amounts are. I never talk about money because mm-hmm. I don't care what they make. I, you know, I never talk about that. But I could tell that girls were starting to panic a little bit. We're not yeah. making the money anymore because. It's out there. And I remember one day Vivid was like, Christy, can you come in, look at these scenes? You know, this internet company stole them. What was it? Because they were filing lawsuits and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, okay, that was Raquel Darian. That was Christy in the wild. Or da, da. You know, like I had to say everything so they could file lawsuits on stopping the piracy. So that is definitely – and you know what? It's not just porn. It killed the music and it, yeah. so much. I can't say, oh, we're so great. It only hurt us. Hurt a lot of businesses. Yeah, whenever I complain to my friends who work in mainstream about like – the squeezing of, you know, the budgets and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Everybody's like, man, us too. Like everyone, right. you know, and it's not just us. It's just the world we live in now. There's nothing you could do. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by OpenFit. Have you been thinking about getting in shape, but like so many of us don't have the time or the money to join an overpriced gym? Well, then you definitely want to check out OpenFit. OpenFit is a brand new, incredibly easy to use streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your own living room. Forget having to haul your ass to the gym and stare at all those machines without having any idea what to do with them. With OpenFit, all you have to do is press play and your personal trainer comes straight to you through your computer, web-enabled TV, smartphone, tablet, or Roku device. 
But that's not all OpenFit offers. With healthy recipes and blogs on nutrition, self-care, and even fitness fashion, it's a whole online health one-stop destination. OpenFit is a game changer. And with my code HOLLY, you can join me on a fitness regimen personalized just for you. Again, use my code HOLLY, that's H-O-L-L-Y, and start using OpenFit for your journey to a better and healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, you get a special extended 30-day free trial membership where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text HOLLY to 303030. You get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text HOLLY to 303030. OpenFit, healthy living made simple. So it was a small industry, you know, back when you were, uh, when you were in your prime contract girl time and you said there was a lot of, sorry, not a lot of, exactly the opposite, um, contract stars. So was there a lot of drama between, because I remember that there was like a big thing between Tracy Lords and Ginger Lynn, right? Huge. They hated each other, didn't they? They started out from, because they both started before me, if that's possible. I mean, they were... (laughs) (laughs) I started in the caveman days. No, but they actually started like a year before me. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear, they were really great friends at first. Mm. And they were the top two, mm-hmm. you know. And then from what I think Ginger told me, then they got in some kind of, you know, fight. And I don't know why the who's better, who's more popular, da, da, da. So when I came in, I worked with both of them because they were like, well, we don't like each other, but we'll work with that big titted girl, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I did a lot of work with Tracy, a lot of work with Ginger. I think I was always that one that got there, did my work, and left. I never got into the drama, and I never got into I'm better. I'm not better. I'm not, you know. I never bought into any of it, like I was saying earlier. So I would get in there, and I would just do my thing and then leave. Mm -hmm. I never stuck around. I didn't party with the people. I kind of, you know, had my own world outside of that. Yeah. And then when I became a Vivid Girl in 1990, it was like Hypatia Lee, Rock Haldarian, Jamie Summers. I mean, some great, amazing names. No drama. I don't even remember the other girls having drama. Hmm. In our era, in that beautiful 90s, there wasn't any drama. I mean, I'd love to say, yeah, we pulled each other's hair. No, on film we did. Like, yeah, fuck my pussy harder. But um, <laughs> never outside of film. We had no drama. We all got along. Yeah. Do you think maybe because there was enough work to go around for everyone? Probably. That and we were all so different. Like, Mm -hmm. if you were a Savannah fan, original Mm -hmm. Savannah, you probably weren't going to like the brunette with the big tits, you know, Mm -hmm. because she had more of that cute, like, beautiful blue eyes, blonde hair, Barbie doll. Like, we were all so unique and different. I mean, maybe, if anything, I was more like Hypatia Lee in the looks department, Mm but there was just no drama. We didn't care. We were all so happy. Yeah. What did you think when you found out about Tracy Lords being underage, that whole scandal? Because that was a big thing. And for those of you who don't know, Tracy Lords was a very popular porn star, as we were saying earlier, and then it was discovered that she was underage. And my parents almost went to jail for that, and I remember that as a kid. I have my own story with that. So how, what was your reaction? I had already quit. I got in in 1984 and then quit in 85. Mm-hmm. I was in it for like eight months and I was burned out. I mean, we were fucking every day, us girls. Mm. You couldn't get enough girls to fuck on the videos, you know, because it was this new age. Mm. 
And I remember like I'd shoot at eight in the morning and then Hal Friedman would be like, okay, can you be on my set at seven o'clock tonight? And I'd be like, okay. I mean, I was literally getting fucked two times a day for like 28 straight days. Wow. You know? Which was fun though. I mean, but you know, after eight months, I was like exhausted. I just yeah. needed to ugh, kind of zone out. Yeah. So I took a break in 80, April of 85. And I always knew I'd probably come back. I didn't realize four years would go by, but I was like, I love that business. I just literally burned out. It's I mean, a lot of like physical exertion. My God, so physical. And I worked for my dad and this and that. So I, it was like 1986 or was it 85 when it came out? It may have been late 85. I had already quit though. That sounds about right because I was about seven years old at the time. <laughs> so it's <was> 18. <laughs> I'll be your milf. And um, I was watching TV in my apartment. And like the news came on and it was like breaking news, you know, next coming up on the – why was I fucking watching the news? I have no – maybe I was watching TV and like they were tagging something for the news mm-hmm. later. And it was like that's, when, you know, in the 80s when you still had like six channels and, yeah. you know, couldn't stop it on TV. Like what? Yeah, exactly. And it was like whatever I was doing and the news break was coming up. And I was like, you know, underage porn star Tracy Lords. And whatever I was doing, I remember like almost – I almost got dizzy like what? You know, and I had to wait for two minutes. And I remember whatever I was doing, I stopped and I sat there. I was like, no, like it kind of gives me chills now. No one knew. I mean, and I just, and then it was like, you know, it was going to be on like uh, whatever inside edition. And I remember I, all night I kept watching everything. I I was in shock. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling the makeup artist, Lexi, that we were talking about Mm -hmm. going, Tracy Lords was underage. And I think I went to her place. She lived next to me and we were like, no way. You know, like, it was a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get affected. They right. pulled my scenes with her, which was probably about a quarter of my work. Wow. It's only made me more popular when I came back four years later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it helped me. But I just remember being completely shocked because that girl was anything but acting 16 or whatever age she was. Mm. She was so in control and so sure of herself. Yeah, that's what – Everybody wow. said, and my parents especially. I remember my dad told me that he, because, you know, it's funny, these days you would hear about that right away, but back then, you know, there's no social media, news traveled slow. My dad said that he was just sitting there in the morning, just drinking his coffee, reading the LA Times, saw the article, and just spit his coffee out everywhere. My parents flipped out because my mom shot Tracy Lords more than anybody. Gosh, I know. Like more than anyone. And they went and they collected, they pulled all the slides, everything. And they said they drove around LA and found different dumpsters behind supermarkets and just threw the fucking chromes oh in the dumpster, like burying it under all this trash, drive to the next grocery store, just like scatter, just complete panic. Yeah. It was a panic that rocked the industry. And there were a few others. Ollie Moore, if you remember that name. Mm -mm. Little blonde from the same era. I was in W Pink with her. But Tracy is the one that stood out. She was the one. I mean, no one knew. No one would have shot her. She had fake ID. And that's what saved everybody was the government gave her fake ID. Yeah, exactly. I heard she took – she stole like her family member, maybe cousin or something's birth certificate and got an actual – Real legitimate driver's right. license, I believe, right? Yeah. Right. And, and there were a few people that went to j- not court, not jail, 
uh, unless they were still selling it after, like I know somebody and I don't want to say his name. Yeah. Um, but he just was an idiot and a greedy and, you know, they busted yeah. him a year later still selling it. Like that's just, okay, you're dumb. But no one that honestly didn't know never, I don't believe ever went to jail for it. Yeah. I think uh, my mom, because my mom took her back to London to go um, meet with her modeling agency because my mom thought that she should try out mainstream modeling. And I believe that Tracy had to get a passport for that. So I think that that was also another like piece of the pie. She went out and got like an actual government right. issued passport with again this fake birth certificate and stuff. And so that was crazy, though. It was yeah. crazy, but it, you know what? Like everything had died out eventually. Mm-hmm. And I never see her. Oh my god, I haven't seen her since probably the late eighties. Yeah, I saw her at the Beverly Center. I was like, Nora. Tracy, <laughs> who are you? And, and we talked and it was fun and yeah. never see her anymore. You know, it's interesting. My dad has this theory because, you know, she was she was a bright woman and like you said, very much in control yeah. and very, you know, like uh, – Conniving. Conniving. I was saying scheming. And yes. he has this theory that she planned this all along because once she turned 18 and she stopped right. making movies – and she leaked the information so that all of her porn would be pulled. So she could basically like erase her past and start all over again. There was one legit one though. Yeah. Tracy, I love you. Mm. Not that I'm stalking her or anything. It just happened to know that. Yeah, I think I remember that. I mean, it's kind of a stretch, but it's an interesting theory. You know, I mean, that would make her one hell of a, you genius. know. Genius. Yeah. Like a psychotic, but genius. Yeah. And then Ginger's got a different theory that she was working with the feds to take down the porn business. You know what? No one will ever really know the truth. Well, Ginger had a very bad experience with the government. Really bad. <laughs> so I believe my mom, because they tried to get her for tax evasion and I know that my mom went and testified on her behalf. Ginger was in prison for a little while. That's crazy. And she's open about it. It's not yeah, like yeah. it was you – know, I think she was on Inside Edition or something about it from prison. It was just a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. But I love Tracy. I mean I have nothing personally against her. Right. Like I loved working with her. Right, right. She was sexy. I mean I feel – Horrible saying this about a 60, you know, but I didn't know. Yeah. But she was amazing. Or we'd be on set and, you know, Roy Karch would be like, okay, we're going to get Thai food for lunch, everyone. She'd be like, I don't want Thai food. I'll walk before I eat Thai food. Okay, Tracy, what do you want? Like, she owned that set. Yeah. She was in control. And then she'd look at me and go, I don't mind Thai food. I just wanted to make him get something different. Like, she was playing that. I'm like, fuck, I want to be like you. I'd be like, okay, I'll eat anything you guys get. You know, I was always a wimp. <laughs> you could have pulled that card. But it's just not me. It's not your style. It's not my style at yeah. all. Yeah. Never has been, never will be. You can't do that these days. You pull that whole, like, I'm not eating Thai food thing on set and people will not hire you. Oh, they don't even have set food anymore. Yeah, that's true. We had catering three times a day. We had breakfast, lunch, dinner. Oh I'd be like, I don't work till, you know, noon, but I'll get there for breakfast. <laughs> it's fucking, I got Corby Vash coming on that set. Like, it was, <laughs> and it was fun to just hang out on set. I loved it. Yeah. And I'd get there when I was, you know, new in the business. I'd get there early so I could watch other people fuck. A, it was sexy to watch, and B, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so my hair has to go on this side, my legs got to go up in the air, you know, like, 
I learned from watching these greats. Mm. I loved being on set. I fucking loved it. I feel like it was more of, um, I mean, these days we're in such a rush. We have to shoot so right. much stuff in a day. We're paying by the hour for a location. So it's, mm. it is these days. I'm always like hustling everyone. I'm like, okay, okay, what's next? What's next? Like we don't sit. Back in the day, um, we used to sit down for lunch. Yes. And we'd have a family style lunch. Everybody would sit down around the table. We'd take like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to eat lunch. We'd all talk, blah, 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 blah. It was like, yeah, we were like hanging out. And that never, I mean, I, sometimes I don't even eat lunch. Or if I do, I eat it on my feet. And right. I'm like talking to people and I'm moving around and I'm like. Texting, yeah, talking. I like lose my salad three times because I put it here because I had to do this. And, you know, it's just, it's so different. It is. It's so different. Did you feel that Boogie Nights was – because that's a lot of people's kind of like benchmark when they think about the way that the porn industry used to be in the golden age. Was it anything like that movie? You've, have you seen the movie? Oh, my God, yes. I love that I was like, movie. I hope you've seen it. Oh, my God. I remember seeing it for the first time when it came out. I'll never forget. I even remember what I was wearing, a white Donna Karen sweat outfit. I went with Victoria Paris and my then-husband, Tim, mm-hmm. who was a writer for, like, I don't know, a bunch of magazines. Mm. And we saw it at the Beverly Center. And I remember, like, leaving and just, like, it was such a feel-good movie. Yeah. Okay, was it the same? I'm not – yes and no. I mean that was more still in the film era. Mm. That movie took pl- – that like their time frame was kind of like – it ended right as I was getting into the business. It was more like late 70s, early 80s. Early 80s even when you know they were getting the calls like video – Mm-hmm. What video? I'm a film producer. I'm not shooting on video. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas when I got into the business, it was 95% video that I shot. Like sometimes right. they'd be like, so-and-so, they're going to be shooting film today. I'm like, don't they always shoot me on film? You know, like I didn't know the difference between video and film. Like mm-hmm. to me, there was no real difference except – they said – I remember when it was filmed, they said, you can't fuck up, Christy, because we can't rewind it like video. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, I got dialogue. And you expect me not to fuck up? <laughs> I don't – I can't memorize lines. Like, you know, they yeah. just have to like tape them on Peter Norris' forehead. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter. I wouldn't even be looking at him. I'd be looking at the post-its. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so, you know, like, I was horrible at dialogue. That's really funny. I shot somebody the other day who was really bad at dialogue, and I was trying to think of a way to, like, I was going to, yeah. like, have someone hold cue, cue cards behind the person no, they were talking they to. to. They had to, like, they'd be, okay, we'll do, you know, single <laughs> shots and then a close-up from afar, or, you know, yeah. like, we'll do, like, they couldn't do a lot of close-ups on us both talking because I had to look at the cheat notes a lot. Right. And I was okay with that. Like, I never wanted to cross over into mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get offers. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Have you not seen my films? I'm like, <laughs> I can't act my way out of a paper bag. Put a fucking couple cocks in front of me and I'll fucking, you know, own it. But dialogue, <laughs> if you want to fuck me, just ask me. You don't have to offer me a part. Like I never got into mainstream because I just, oh, that's so I'm funny. no desire. I was so comfortable in my, you know, big fish, little pond scenario. Yeah. I feel the same way. I've had some people like ask me, you know, why don't you try to shoot mainstream? And I'm just like, Why? Why? I don't want to go there and lug around my portfolio, right. beg a bunch of people for work. Right. Like, I'm comfortable with where I am. I like what I do. I like the people I work with. I feel at home in the adult community. They feel like family, you know, like 
being right. a, it's big fish in a small pond. Like I love that. I don't want to go to a fucking casting call. Yeah, and have to look my best. You, you I'm either going to get it or I'm not. I don't. I don't go fucking knocking on doors and pounding the pavement. I don't have composite shots or whatever they're called. Like. If you just look like my tits, <laughs> there's my composite, my hairy bush or whatever. You know, like, yeah, I never wanted to cross over. I'm so comfortable where I'm at. Yeah. Did you see a lot of your co-stars wanting to cross over into mainstream? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Ashling, well, started with Tracy Lords and Ginger Lynn. Mm-hmm. And they did. I mean, they really broke some ground for their era because mm. it was, you know, unacceptable back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Then the 90s, um, Ashlyn Gear comes to mind mm. the most. She wanted – and she was on X-Files. Was I mean, she? Yes. She had a reoccurring part on X-Files. She was amazing. I got to look that up because I was obsessed with X-Files. I used to watch it all the time. She was actually a good actress. Huh. Um, God, who else? Jenna was like the ma- – there were probably others that I can't think of, but um, a lot of tried to get into singing. Diana Loren, Hyapatia mm-hmm. Lee. Mm-hmm. Even Tom Byron and Randy West, like a lot of them tried to get into that even. Mm. I don't think anyone really quite, you know, crossed over. Jenna, yeah. Jenna's the closest. Yeah, I would say Jenna's probably the closest. But whatever, she self-destructed for whatever reasons. I don't know. I lost touch with her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's uh, she's definitely different now, that's for sure. And you know what? Who knows? Yeah. And that's that's her path. Okay, that's one that bought into the character. And again, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Bought into the character. Mm. And it doesn't turn out well when people do. Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of scaled back now and realized, you know, mm, maybe I'd just better be a normal person. I don't know. Whenever somebody buys into it too much and aren't I great and that, 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 that. I, I don't think she's uh, scaled back. <laughs> I have lost touch. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, but she's no. – uh, She's pretty – she's a conservative now and um, she says some pretty uh, outrageous stuff and she really likes to be confrontational and um, yeah. See, and that's so not my style. I'm yeah. just like, leave me alone. I don't want to get into it with anybody. You know, once in a while I have to admit though I'll tweet something to Garcetti. <laughs> He's horrible. <laughs> Clean up our streets. <laughs> that's about as fucking peace or political as I get. <laughs> I just don't like Garcetti. I just don't like what he's done. But that's that's it. That's that's you know that's your that's as far as you go. It is. It is. And I'm sure he's not even reading it. And sometimes it's just like I got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite? Movies that you did from back in the day. Do you have any that really stick out to you? God, yes, so many. Um, WPINK TV shot uh, 1985 by Paradise Visuals. It was just – there was something about it. Um, Wild Things by Alex Dorenzi, Battle of the Stars with Tracy Lords. Bob Wolf shot it. Um, the show, Comeback, those were vivid. The Passages series, so many so many of them do. Or like scenes stand out. Like I did a gangbangs for John Stalliano in 1985 and I was with six guys and that stands out because it was so – there was something so liberating about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even do anal. Mm. You know, which – it was just fun. There were just cocks everywhere. <laughs> like, I loved them all. Like, was that your first gangbang? Yeah, first and only. Oh, wow. First and only. I did like three guys in a movie, but that was like, you know, a gangbang. Yeah. I didn't even know if I knew what I was doing when I got there. Yeah. Like I was so naive and so happy to be on set that I wouldn't even say like, well, who am I working with? And they're on my no list and I got to be out of here. I'd be like, get there. I'd be like, okay, who do I get a fuck today? You did know? you have a no list? 
No. (laughs) (laughs) Come one, come all. Like I really didn't have a no list. Wow. I think I finally had a no list when I was a vivid girl. Uh, There were two guys that the chemistry wasn't there, Mm -hmm. Nick E or Nick East and – Oh, I'm so sorry, Blake Palmer, toward the end of your career. We just uh, – there were issues with his erections, whether it was me or – I don't know. I don't care. But like if if the energy wasn't there, then they'd be on the no list. Right, right. Just because like, okay, the last time we worked together, we had to have Ron Jeremy stunt dick. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, other than that though, I was kind of okay with whoever. I mean I had my favorites, Mark Davis. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to – this is for you, Matt. Mm, I was supposed to lick my right pinky. Um, By the way, I, I'll tell you off uh, camera because he's completely changed his life, but I talked to Mark Davis a couple days ago. He's like in a completely different place. He's totally changed his life. It's incredible. It's Good really him. amazing. He's in a great He's okay. in a great place. I'll I'll show you pictures and I'll tell you what he's doing. It's pretty. It's really cool. I love that. And I'll, last I heard, I'll tell you off air. Of course, he's he was one of my favorite. I mean, in the eighties, uh, there were like four guys. You know, yeah. I'm glad I loved Ron Jeremy. <laughs> glad I fucking liked working with him, which I did actually. He's today one of my dearest friends. Mm-hmm. I happen to love him. I know, you know, he's a great guy. Um, Peter North, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. But then from that 90s era, I loved working with Mark Davis, Stephen St. Croix, T.T. Mm-hmm. Boy, pretty much everyone. Yeah. You know, I really, like, I loved the guy. Vince Voyer. Yeah, there were so many great guys. Yeah. And it was different back then because you were working with guys before Viagra came around, right? Yeah. So what was – that must have been a whole different ball game because, you know, now a lot you've got a lot more guys in the industry. And still – it's still very difficult for guys. And Viagra isn't the come all – it's not the cure-all because right. you have to actually, like, get there. And there's still guys who can't perform when they take Viagra. But it's definitely made a big difference. So what was it like before that came around when guys – really had to get their dick hard without any help from any I medical. I don't know what they're – I don't know because they always were hard. So I have no idea. But in their own mind, who knows what they were thinking when they came on set with a hard cock? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know what they were thinking. I think I don't want to know. It, Whatever it was, it worked. Did you ever have issues – I mean, do you remember like issues of guys just like not being able to do it, like not – Working with maybe a new guy that just couldn't finish and yeah, somebody else to come while. in. There was a guy in Hot in the City in 1989 when I made my comeback. And he was so cute. And we did stills, I think, for Ron Vogel. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Great cock. Hard. But it was Ron Vogel, myself, and the guy. Mm. And maybe the makeup artist was floating around. So I remember saying, oh, my God, I want him in my movie. He's so sexy. He's blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, great. Gets on set and you got cameraman, you got the boom operator, you got the sound guy, you got the catering, you got blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and he couldn't get it up. And I'm like, he's so fucking cute. He couldn't get it up and you had to do the fake cum shot, you know, the condensed milk and the straw. No, I don't know. Oh. Because we use Cetaphil. The condensed milk, mix it with sugar, put it in a cup, and then Tina Marie, who was directing, <laughs> was like sucking it through the straw, and she's like, you know, hold your kids together, and I'm like, oh, all over, yes, oh, so licking like it up, live action video, the straw just off camera, yeah. 
And oh. she just squirted it all over. Okay, I, this you know, is something I've got to remember this because this milk. I might need to use this one day. I condensed milk and sugar. Yeah, I don't know where she came up with that or why. And again, I never complained. I'm okay. I don't know. Throw anything on me. I'll fucking lick it up. I was such like a wimp. <laughs> okay. I was more like team player. You know what? It was just at that point too. I'm like, just fucking get this fucking shoot over. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I'm done. Just fucking spray something on me. Let's go to fucking talk. <laughs> Byron, he'll get it up for me. God damn it! <laughs> Lunch is going to be here in half an hour. But um, there were what Nick, this guy who I don't remember in hotness, and you never saw. He was like a one dud wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever worked again. Mm. And then uh, Nick East. There were like maybe three times four. <gasps> Harry Reams toward the end, mm. he couldn't get it up. Mm. You know, he had yeah. allergies. <laughs> oh, I see. Allergies. He's allergic to sobriety. <laughs> Bless his heart. He was amazing. But toward the end, he had the allergy thing going on. And, yeah. You know, so, and I never took it personally. I was never like, oh, aren't I cute? Now it's there. It's never my fault. No, no, of course not. <laughs> Perfect. Was there a lot more drugs on set back then? Never. Never. And that mm. is such a misconception. In all my career, starting from 84, and I think I hung up my film stuff in like 97, uh, one person offered me drugs on a set. Hmm. One. I said yes. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was 1984, you know, and it was like, but other than that, no, Mm. no, never, ever, ever. Sometimes girls drank on set, which I never did. Mm -hmm. I mean, once I got to like, you know, my second phase in 89, I never drank or did drugs on set. But um, no, it was not prevalent in my period. Interesting. Because, I mean, it definitely, it's not a huge thing now. I know that a lot of people have a misconception that there's a ton of uh, drugs on set in, in porn movies. And, and I mean, every, now everyone's stoned, but I mean, there's not real, it's not really been a massive issue. Right. Every once in a while I run into it, but it's not a huge problem. But I, I did hear that, you know, back in the eighties, just because everyone was doing cocaine in the eighties, it was like right. a thing that that was, it was more prevalent on sets back then, but that, that wasn't your experience. No, nope. I mean, I, for a few months got into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't on set. It, I would stamp with Heather Wayne, if you remember that name. <laughs> and we would have – but again, after like two months, I'm like, fuck, I got to keep my head in the game. Yeah. I'm either going to get eaten up or I'm going to – you either get used or you use it. And I thought, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to use the, you know. And then once I stopped, I never did it again. Yeah. But it wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to sneak it on to set and da-da-da. And I remember Jim South was like, stop it, Christy. Whatever you're doing, you're losing your tits. Stop losing weight because you're you're known for your tits. I'm like, you know, like, no. So I never, once I quit, I never got into it and I never, you know, mm-hmm. vivid girls, oh, no, you yeah. just didn't do it. And you didn't want to lose that golden goose ticket of being a vivid girl. Yeah. You know, so no, I don't think so. No. Not in my experience. Just a little bit in the 80s, but no. Right. So um, one person that we haven't brought up, which is kind of interesting, is is my mother. I Suze, love your mother. Suze Randall, who I know shot you. Yes. So do you have any, like, what was it like working with her? She was the best. I mean, there were very few girls that shot girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Suze Randall and Blanca. Do you remember Rudy and Blanca was a husband and wife team? Absolutely your not. Your mom, though, what, they were, you know, just like a – brief little stint. Your mom, though, and I'm not just saying this, 
She was amazing. Such an artist, such a visionary. Everything was perfect. She had the best hair and makeup artist. I mean, we like somebody, that beautiful photo that you tweeted out of me, mm-hmm. that was your mom's shot, of course. And somebody said, oh, my God. Well, I think the girl I had on my show the other day, she's like, you're so beautiful there. I'm like, that's three hours of hair and makeup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't take all the credit. Like, I mean, you got there at whatever, 8 in the morning, and then you started shooting at maybe 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. She, your mom, was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. The test shoots, she had the uh, the assistants that would help. And I just remember you felt beautiful on her sets. You wanted to make love to that camera. You wanted to impress Seuss Randall. You wanted her to want you. You wanted her to lick your pussy after. You wanted her... Which apparently she did sometimes. (laughs) Scratch that. Um, But no, like you... She made you want to be your best. She Mm. had that wonderful energy and she'd be there on the ground with the camera and, oh, darling, spread those legs for me. Like, oh, God, yes, I want to spread them. You know, like (laughs) whatever she told you to do, you'd want to. She just was, at her era, was one of the best photographers. Her and Stephen Hicks. Mm -hmm. Those were the two. And you know what? Who doesn't love Ron Vogel? But Stephen Hicks and your mom got the best out of me in shoots. And it all started because you'd show up and you felt like a princess. Mm -hmm. You know, because you'd go to some shoots and they'd have crappy, cheap makeup artists, you know, and you'd be like, Okay, and that makes a go. huge difference, and I'm still yes. I'm very picky about my makeup artists as well. I only have like three that I work with, one that I pretty much work with all the time, and uh, it's it's everything, man. Yeah. A good makeup artist is everything. Right. She was great though. Your mom was just amazing. Every everything she shot of me and my fans, or you've seen the stills. Mm-hmm. There's not one bad set. Mm-hmm. There isn't one bad – there's probably not even one bad still yeah. negative. Do you know? I yeah. mean, and if there was, it was because it was my fault and I was blinking or something. Right, right. But she just was – and the – okay, hair, makeup, we covered. The wardrobe. Yeah. I don't know what they do now, but, I mean, your mom would have racks of wardrobe. Okay, put on, you know, the purple – put on the purple leotard with the slit in your pussy or, you know, that kind <laughs> And, like, it just – you felt like you were on a Vogue set or, mm-hmm. you know, and and as an 18-year-old, and we all came in with a little chip on our shoulder, not that I have any victim stories. I was never abused or anything like that. But, you know, it was the 80s. Why are you in this business? Okay, well, I'm in it because I have some kind of issues I need to clear up. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It wasn't a big deal. But, like, you just felt safe with your mom and you felt like she cared, which she did. It's not I felt it. She cared about us. Mm. She loved us. Yeah. She really did. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's very protective over her girls, and I learned how to treat models from her. I remember right. she told me that you know the model is the most important person in the room. You always make sure they're they're fed, they're hydrated, mm-hmm. they're as comfortable as they can be. Like you know, very. I definitely learned from the best, and I feel very fortunate for that. Right, and that makes such a difference. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, these when I first started in the industry, I was Suze Randall's daughter, and that's all right. I was. And now, like, people don't know who she is anymore. Now it's like Suze Randall is Holly's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've shot for Holly. Who's her mom? You know? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any crazy stories about her? God, crazy stories. 
Mm. Or any interesting ones that kind of stick mm. out in your mind. I know that she was very fond of Tracy. There was a shoot in Mexico. Yes. And I remember there were a bunch of us in Mexico. Uh-huh. And we could hear your mom and Tracy all night long. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. And I'd be like, I want to be in that room. <laughs> Why did they invite me in that room? That was the only time I thought of using the don't you know who I am card. But I remember and it was just echoing down the halls of this house. Yeah. My mom was very sexual. Was, yes. Very funny. Yeah. And totally really, bi. And, and she really had that wonderful relationship with Tracy more than any of us. Yeah. But that was it like um, – that was probably the only one where I saw like a different side of her. Mm-hmm. With me or with her and I, it was pretty much very, um, you know, model and photographer related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she'd come over and be like, "Spread those pussy lips," and you know, <laughs> you know, like when moms like do the kids' hair, she'd be like that with my pussy hair. Yeah, Tara Patrick says that she just has remembers her coming in with like a Q-tip that was dipped in baby oil and it was like would put the baby oil on her. Oh, how funny. No, she just used her, you know. <laughs> God, that would be so not okay on set these days. I've never touched a model down there. <laughs> I would never in a million years do that. It's so funny. It's so different now. It is, but I loved it. You yeah. know, it was like, great, okay. You know, she'd be like, darling, I need to trim some of that. You're very bushy. And she'd get her scissors and like <laughs> snip some of that pussy hair, you know, but. She was right. It looked better. Who am I to complain? It grew back. I remember my mom once sent uh, uh, one, her makeup artist uh, backstage when she had first started working for her, um, and she made her go uh, – it was uh, uh, Sam – why am I spacing on her last name? She works at Penthouse. Phillips. Yes, thank you. She made uh, her go backstage and sh- uh, shave Sam Phillips' butthole. <laughs> and then I remember the makeup artist said to me, she's like, I didn't know that I could actually say no to that. I didn't realize that I could say no to later. Okay, and see, your mom would have shaved mine. Yeah, oh, you totally. know, like, yeah, that's sure, the care. difference. Now, now you probably couldn't even really ask a makeup artist oh. to. Are you kidding me? If I asked my makeup artist to go shave some model's butthole, they would walk off set. There's no way. It's so different. Like we used to use the Today sponges for that time of the month. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'd get this Today sponge up there and then you'd have three scenes and I'd be like, is that my ovary? Is that – like what am I pulling in me? Because you'd be trying to like pull it out and I'd finally be like to the makeup artist – can you get that today sponge out? I can't – I don't know what – if I'm pulling something of my, like, girly bits in yeah, there. Yeah, sometimes it gets shoved way up oh there. Oh, my God. And there would be the makeup artist, like, you know, almost like elbow deep. And <laughs> here it is. I've actually – I think I did have to ha- help a girl pull a sponge out of her once a long time they ago. They would get jammed up in there. But, I mean, your mom was just always amazing and professional. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd be there on time. And I mean, to her, it was just the greatest business and she loved it and she loved what she did. Yeah. But that's it. Like there were no like, hey, stories like, oh, she offered me wine and, and nothing. She was professional and beautiful and made us feel special and like princesses. You know, I didn't have that bond with her like I know Ginger Lynn had. Right. They actually had a different kind of a bond, you know. Yeah, like they were close. Very close. I know, yeah. you know. And and again, it's not for any other reason that I would kind of go there, do my thing, and then I'd leave. Yeah. I always kept a separate, you know, we'd go out and have, uh, you know, dinners together, not your mom and I, but some of the girls. But I never really, and I always had a boyfriend or something. Mm-hmm. Like I never 
I never really hung out. I know my mom has this tendency to kind of like adopt people who she feels needs to be taken care of. Maybe like that people was who it. need help. People have yeah. some kind of like she's very much like she likes to scoop up broken birds and tr- she likes to try to fix people's lives. She's Maybe very much busybody in yes. other people's lives. Like because I know she was great when Ginger was going through a lot of stuff. Yes. and Ginger said the stories on air. You know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, Ginger's told me. Yeah, and yeah. I love that about her. Um, yeah, but she was just amazing to work with. I love your mom. And then I've I've interviewed her a few times on Playboy mm-hmm. and your dad once, who I yeah. never met. Oh, wait, I did meet him because I stayed at your house when you were seven mm. in that big, beautiful house. Uh, we still – I live there still. <gasps> oh, I love that. That house was so beautiful. And I remember staying there when your mom was shooting me. She shot me a couple times for Playboy TV mm-hmm. back in that 85 era. Mm. I think it was just kind of like TNA softcore even. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what with Pippi or uh, Pippa, the cute yeah. blonde from Sweden. The Swedish girl. Right. And we got up and and Blake Palmer and we were in like a red convertible Cadillac or – I don't – it was like – I mean I'm going back 35 years, you yeah. know, but it was just like – there's such snippets. But I remember sleeping in a little twin bed upstairs. Okay. Because <laughs> we had to leave really early or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. just great memories, just really good memories with your mom. Oh, that's great but to hear. I, I, I will. Nothing, you know, nothing that stands out like her and Tracy's relationship, mm-hmm. you know, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely will. She's, like I was telling you before the show, she's exactly the same. She hasn't changed at all. And she's, she never will. Yeah. She's still got like an insane amount of energy. She's like, what, 73 now or something like that? Rides like three horses a day. Like, I mean, you know, she lost an eye. I did hear that. Um, to one of her horses, but mm. just didn't slow her down no, at all. No, no. She's exactly the same. And we've got, um, you know, we've got a guy writing a, a script about her. So hoping to make it into a movie. And definitely be... give her, give him my number. I will, I mean, I, sure. you know, and that's the other thing too. Like if, if you ask certain questions, I know more, but I mean, I think I shot for your mom at least a dozen or two times. Yeah. We've got a lot of stuff of you on Suze.net. <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed that, Suze.net. Suze.net. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that great stuff. Yeah. And I had you sign uh, quite a few pictures for my loyal uh, members of my Patreon, yes. so you guys uh, will get some really cool uh, vintage Christy yes. Canyon photos. Yes. We call it classic. Classic. Very no, they classic. They are. No, it's crazy. Christy, thank you so much for coming oh on. Oh my God, you're welcome. I will do this anytime. And if you ever want to come on my Vivid Radio show, let me know. Uh, where is that again? Uh, Vivid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 415, Monday <laughs> through Friday. No. And I love it. Like, I love how I've been at Vivid since 1990. Yeah. I have never, you know, I have to say I've been so wonderfully coddled my entire 35 years mm-hmm. in this business. I mean, Jim South was my agent who would have fucking slayed dragons for me. Mm. You know, then I went to Vivid. Mm-hmm. Then I was at Playboy for 10 years, which and I never left Vivid. Like, I've always been so coddled, which has made me just keep loving this business. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've never really had that, you know, doggy dog and fight for what I want, you know? Yeah, no, it sounds like you had kind of a fairy tale it was experience. Crazy. It was. It really, like, I never had to, like, fight for anything. Mm-hmm. Someone just always did it for me. 
<laughs> Not the fucking, but like. You did that all yourself. <laughs> but you can know, take all that credit. <laughs> but like I never like, uh, people are like, oh, why didn't you start your own company? And I'm, why? Yeah. I don't want to fucking have to worry about insurance and locations yeah. and this. Believe me, I run my own company and it is a bitch and a half. And I never went that route. I always liked someone being, okay, Christy, you got three scenes. Show up at this location. Okay, great. That kind of thing. I, yeah. You know, I'm just like a little follower when it comes to that. I never wanted to take on all that fucking responsibility. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was have great sex, have fun, and get a couple bucks out of it. Yeah. And look where it's brought you. Yeah. Wonderful Here, life. On your show. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Christy. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Yes. And you have a website too, right? I do. ChristyCanyon.com, which Vivid runs. They even got stuck running my fucking website. <laughs> poor guys. <laughs> Those poor people. <laughs> then they like licensed out to Gamma, right? Yes. And... They're like, okay, and you get Christy Canyon's website. They're like, fuck yeah. And like, and she gets 100%. And they're like, what? <laughs> and they're like, that's our deal. I'm like the booby prize. Wow. Like, yeah. I know. Like, you know, so you could go to Christy, ChristyCanyon.com. And the only social media that I have is my Twitter, which is ChristyCanyon11. And that's it. So that's it. I don't do Instagram. I don't do Snapchat. I don't do premium chat. I don't. I, if I could, I'd still be doing MySpace. <laughs> I don't like change. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. Fantastic. And you can guys f- can find me at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you have any feedback about this show or you want to send me some guests, some questions, some comments, you can email me, hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Woo, and thank you. we'll see you next week. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today, and a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Next week on the show, I have legendary Vivid Girl, Brianna Banks. She's been in the industry for quite a long time. I've known her for a very long time. My mom used to shoot a ton of stuff on her, and uh, she's been through a lot in her life. So I'm thrilled to have her here. I can't wait to hear what she's up to, and I'm very much looking forward to this interview. So make sure that you tune in next week for Brianna Banks on Holly Randall Unfiltered. <laughs>